eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, I got an announcement. We have another consistent contributor, another former Illini who will join us throughout the basketball season, Stephen Bartle. And he's going to join us today. Uh, so excited that Stephen, who's been doing this media thing now for, man, he's been an analyst. We were talking about this. Radio started in 2000, so what, 23 plus seasons now? For Stephen Bardo, who has been on ESPN, the Atlanta Radio Network, of course, Big Ten Network, and now NBC and Peacock. And Stephen has been doing his own media thing as well. If you haven't checked out his Facebook show, Bardo's Breakdown, he's out there on YouTube as well, Bardo Media. Uh, it's great insight. He gets a lot of Big Ten coaches on there, gives his thoughts on Illinois and so many other you know, programs in the Big Ten. And I just love getting this kind of insight from a player. And Stephen is very opinionated. Some people like that. Some people do not. But I just love being able to talk hoops with somebody else who knows hoops incredibly well and somebody who knows Illini basketball incredibly well, the history of it, the present of it, and uh, will give us insight on the rest of the league as well. So Michael Tulip will stay with us. Mike is going to be here weekly. Uh, he is a big part of what we do, and we are so excited about it. Derek Piper will contribute heavily here. Isaac Trotter will contribute heavily here. But uh, we want to make this the go-to basketball place podcast for Illini fans and figure why not add Stephen Pardo and uh, I've got a good relationship with Stephen uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to growing that here as we move forward because uh, man it's going to be an interesting big time basketball season a big season for Illinois basketball and Stephen dives into it today of what his expectations are for Illinois basketball and I'll tell you this it's high and uh, I asked him about Brad Underwood and his staff what do they have to do to get the most out of this roster that Stephen thinks is pretty good and uh he has some criticism that he will share, but also a lot of positives about Brad Underwood and his staff. We talk about the Kansas exhibition, and we go through the Big Ten, who he likes a little bit more than uh, other people and who he questions a little bit more than other people. So Stephen Bardo has been on the podcast before. I go back last year. It was last January. I talked with Stephen a lot about his career. We dive into it quickly today, but uh, I enjoyed that conversation. But uh, we get a little more hoops heavy. And this one, a little Illini heavy. As Illinois basketball gears up the exhibition against Kansas this weekend, Sunday, 5 p.m., that'll be on the Big Ten Network. 
And then we start a season November 7th with Eastern Illinois coming to Champaign. Let's talk with Stephen Bardo next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode of the Illini Enquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash Illini and get on your way to being your best self. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Well, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you and that therapist don't mesh, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. So make your brain your friend again and give BetterHelp a try. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, it's time to talk some hoops, and uh, hoop season about to begin. Illinois hosts Kansas for the exhibition on Sunday night. And, uh, of course, we love having Michael Tulip on, but we're going to bring somebody else in here regularly, and that's... You know his name. You know his face. You know the voice. Stephen Bardo, uh, former Illini, Illini, fine Illini great as well. Stephen, we're going to have you on here regularly, man. I'm looking forward to it because it's another year of Big Ten basketball, and there's fewer things I like more than Big Ten basketball. I'm right there with you, Jeremy. And I, I think that, um, you know, the early early returns seem like we might have an interesting time talking about this Illini team this season. Yeah, and, and I want to get into the Illini, Stephen, but I was just talking to you before this, man. 23, 24 seasons of doing Big Ten basketball, whether it's for Illinois, Big Ten Network, now NBC and Peacock. Uh, you do your uh, Facebook, YouTube channel, Bartles Breakdowns. So people can check out more there. Uh, but what's this been like, man, this ride in the media? I know we talked about it a little bit last year, but coming up on a quarter century of doing this, man. You know, Jeremy, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, thinking back – I. I you know, when you're in the midst of it, as you know, you keep your head down, you grind, you know, but when I get a chance to talk to people like you and I look up, it's like, wow, it's a pretty nice career of, uh, you know, different networks from ESPN to CBS to NBC, now NBC and Big Ten Network and Fox. So uh, it's, I've, I've been blessed. I've worked hard. Um, I've had people open some doors for me and, you know, I just try to get get better and better every year. What is what is the difference of each network? Like when you go to now Peacock and NBC compared to ESPN or, or BTN, is there a big difference for you going network to network? Well, I, I have to admit that the travel's a little bit better with NBC because you, you know I'm going business class, so awesome. <laughs> that's a nice little perk. Um, that but, network uh, money, I, huh? you know, when you it that's just that's the main difference is that um, you know these networks don't they don't like penny pinch too much they go ahead and spend the money and you know they want to make you feel good they want to you know put you in a position where you're going to be at your best yeah. whereas Big Ten Network was based on a different model and I love Big Ten Network it's it's been the my most fun network that I've worked at because of the people mm -hmm. and the pride that they take in the production so uh you know there, there's 
little little differences, but for, for the most part, it's just like playing with a different team. That's all. Yeah. What what? How would you compare yourself? Or how would you evaluate yourself as an analyst now, compared to say your early years of doing this, even with ESPN when you first broke in with them? Where do you feel like you've gotten better? How have you tried to get better? You know, Jeremy, that's a great question. Uh, when I first got on at ESPN, uh, my dear friend and colleague Terry Gannon who I'll be working with again with NBC Peacock this year, he often told me, take the filter off. He said, you're going to be great when you take the filter off. Now, Jeremy, I'm, I'm a very smart man. I don't look very smart, but I'm a smart man. Uh, I can't take my filter off that much because I, I have a sharp tongue. Mm -hmm. I will speak my mind, and it ruffles feathers. And so I think what I've learned to do now is to get my point across without trying to ruffle feathers. I never really tried to ruffle feathers, but I'm, I'm kind of a straight shooter. I've always been that way. And so I've gotten better at expressing myself without, you know, kind of getting yeah. under people's skin, if you, so to speak, if that makes sense. No, because I have to do the same thing. Like, if, if you just say your unvarnished thoughts, like, you're probably going to offend a lot of people. And, and, and we want to be unbiased and we want to be critical and all those things. But you want to be fair. And you want right. to get your point across without getting personal, right? Like, that's, yes. that's, the, that's the hard part. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Yeah. All right, well, Sunday night is going to be an interesting night. Usually we don't get all excited about exhibition games, Stephen, other than just to see a team. But Bill Self returning to Champaign for a charity exhibition game. Uh, first of all, Bill back in the State Farm Center for the first time in 20 years. Hunter Dickinson, everyone's favorite Big Ten villain. I love him. Uh, we'll be back in the building. But what do you expect of that atmosphere on Sunday night? It's probably going to feel like a Big Ten game. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of electricity, a lot of excitement. There'll be uh, Hunter Dickinson fans in the house. There'll be Bill Self fans in the house. And it, it'll it be fun because, you know, when you're trying to raise money, to get this type of combination together is fantastic. I mean, you, you see uh, Michigan State and Tennessee will be playing, I think, ahead mm -hmm. of Illinois and Kansas. And so I think when these are special events and – Kansas is, you know, what are they, preseason top three? Number uh, one in the AP, yeah. Yeah, one in AP and, you know, three overall, I guess, in other polls. But you're looking at one of the premier teams in the country, and the Illini get a great test at home with the lights on, with people in the stands. And so uh, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever seen a more anticipated exhibition game before. Uh, uh, this one is, is going to be special. You were on radio during the Bill Self era right mm -hmm. uh calling those games uh and then the afterwards the after effect of him leaving the aftershock of him leaving of course bruce had success with those first couple teams what do you make of this like what is bill self's legacy here and, and what stood out to you about him as a, as a head coach when he was here bill self is um i i i struggle to find the words to describe him he is a savant um, he's similar to Larry Brown in that he can sit there and watch a team go up and down three or four times and he can pick out seven different things that five different people did wrong and he can recall them exactly the way that you did it. So he's got a, he's got a, a, a mind that works a little bit differently. Um, his memory is impeccable. He can tell you who was the second baseman on the 1969 Mets. <laughs> I'm serious. He can he he's got that kind of recall, so that's a little bit unusual. I remember him when I was calling the Illini game at Minnesota. They're getting ready to win a Big Ten title. 
the barn is going nuts. It's a it's a heavily contested game. And Bill Self comes back to the huddle and, and cracks a joke. I mean, in the most the, the time when things are the most tense, he has a feel to to do something different to keep his team loose. And he makes adjustments during the game that not many coaches would make. And so uh, across the board, Bill Self is a special dude. Uh, he's a fantastic basketball coach, but I think his personal feel and his relationship building might be his best strength. He, I don't know that Bill has, has an enemy in college basketball. Yeah, and uh, Stephen, like, he gets all the credit as a recruiter, I feel like. But it's almost like he's underrated as a coach, even though he's won all those Big 12 championships and he's won two national championships and consistently seems to have number one seeds. Like, he's a good coach, too. Oh, he's a wonderful coach. And you can't you can't run roughshod over what has been the, in the last 15 years probably the best conference in the country, which is the Big 12. He's dominated that league. And, I mean, it – you know, there's some great teams that play in the Big 12 outside of Kansas. And, you know, he's been dominant year in and year out. And so, you know, the knock on him about not being a tactician, I, I, I think is unfair. What can we learn about Illinois in this exhibition, Stephen? Um, we're going to learn how, how deep Bill uh, um, uh, Brad Underwood's going to try to go. You know, I, I had a, a conversation with Mike LaTulip about this. And, you know, it's tantalizing to say, oh, you can go – 10, 11, 12 deep. That looks good on paper, right. but coaches are funny and it, to get outside of a nine player rotation is unusual. And so I, it's going to be interesting to see who, it's going to be a nice barometer to see um, who will be thrust in to get more minutes early because it's going to be a dogfight. There's going to be some unhappy players on that Illini bench this year. And so it'll be interesting to see who's going to kind of shine early on, who's going to get the nod uh, in that top nine. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with home field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the basketball ringer tee, the rose tee, and the 1980s long sleeve with the script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15% off your first order. We all know you're wearing Illini gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think that you should check out Home Field Apparel, which has the best designs, and these shirts, guys, are really comfortable. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Home Field is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code Illini23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hard to believe, but year seven of Brad Underwood. Um, he's now had a couple of different iterations of his team after Io, after Kofi, last year's team. What do you make of what he's built so far? I think Brad has done a fantastic job of building a culture. And I know that's a the buzzword. It's a cliche thing, but it's, it's real. And um, I think in his time at Illinois, he's, he's, maybe taking some players that maybe didn't fit into what he was trying to do, 
you know, in, in terms of trying to get higher rated players. And now I think he's settled on the type of player that he needs. It, Quincy Garrier is a great example because they've tried to recruit him twice before. And there's something about that relationship that made Quincy think, okay, I, I, I didn't go with them the first two times, but now this, this seems right. And he's fitting in. And Marcus Domas is fitting in. Justin Harmon fits right in. I mean, I got a chance to see practice. And these guys have camaraderie already. Um, they come to work. Uh, they get after it. And they seem to like to play with one another this early on, which is kind of tough to do when you have new players. So I think that um, Brad has done a great job of identifying the type of player that he needs. And I think he's filled out his roster very nicely this year. And this could be their most successful year based on the overall talent that they have. I was going to ask, how do you feel this roster stacks up against the rest of the Big Ten? Obviously, Purdue, Michigan State are thought to be that top tier. But what, what do you think about the roster he has built? I think they can compete with uh, Michigan State and Purdue. Uh, you know, I I went on the limb early on, and I thought that Wisconsin would be kind of a, a sleeper team based on everybody that they've got back. And when they're veteran like that, Greg Gard does a great job. Yeah. However, um, Tom Izzo said on our Fox call yesterday, he thinks Illinois has the most talent in the Big Ten. Hmm. And I'm starting to – I'm looking up and down the roster – uh, there's not any team that has more, let's say that, uh, in my opinion. And I know there's question marks at the point guard position with Illinois, but I saw Marcus Domask running point. I, I you know, Ty Rogers, um, even Terrence Shannon can do it in, in spot minutes. So I think that this is going to be a team that's going to be very interesting. And if they can stay together, uh, you know, they looked good last year staying together, and then all things kind of fell apart. Yeah. I think they have more cohesion. And I think these guys have a little bit better chemistry starting off the season. Well, that's a big question is point guard, isn't it? Uh, Brad Underwood said he's not worried about point guard. Um, I think it's obviously the most important position once you get into March, Stephen. Uh, yep. It was clearly lacking last year. What's your take on Ty Rogers? Who else could play that position? Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn, are they going to need him at some point? Yeah, I, I like Ty. I, you know, Ty is a pl player that I think has NBA potential. Uh, everybody knows that he needs to improve on his jump shot. He needs to be more consistent and confident. I think that's where uh, his game is lacking on, on the shooting side is his lack of confidence. Hopefully that will continue to improve the more that he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I <laughs> Drake Gibbs Lawhorn, <laughs> that kid can score in a phone booth, man. Uh, you know, Brad talks about when he learns to slow the game down, he's a talented scorer. He, he can obviously handle the basketball. I'm not sure um, what his chops like are from a leadership standpoint with the ball in his hands, but I think that will come. And I, I just think that, you know, you can run Marcus Domask in there. Uh, Justin Harmon can run the point guard if you need to be. Uh, they have a number of guys that can do it, but I think Ty will settle in. And he may not be like today's point guard that is asked to score and run the team and do a lot of things. He might be a throwback where he's not asked to score as much, but he can get downhill. He's big. He's a mismatch problem. So I think Illinois will find a way to use Ty Rogers to their benefit. Yeah, and you bring up a great point with Marcus Domask. I think we saw in that first exhibition game, like this is a guy who can lead offense. Coleman Hawkins is a guy who can lead offense. In the yep. half court, Terrence Shannon, you get him one-on-one, -on -one, can do things with the ball. It feels like it's going to be more of like a, a initiate the offense by committee. Um, can that work? Does that work long-term during a season, Stephen? 
That's a great question, Jeremy. And I, I think um, at some point they're going to have to find a rhythm at the point guard position. They're going to have to do something every day that guys get to understand. It's like, okay, Ty's at the point. I know where I'm going to get my shots. Ty's going to look for me. Okay, if it's not Ty, if it's uh, Dre gives Lawhorn, okay, I know what Dre's doing, but that's going to take time. So at some point they'll be able to play situational point guard play, but at some point come conference time, they're going to have to figure out a way to be consistent at that point guard position. We know Terrence Shannon's really good. We know Coleman Hawkins makes a huge impact on games. What's their next steps uh, as leaders of this team? I think that Coleman, I'm, I'm going to start with Coleman. I would like to see Coleman shrink what he tries to do on the floor. I want him to be a little bit more intentional about his offense instead of trying to play make so much. He does a fantastic job passing the ball when it's instinctive, but you know as well as I do, when he starts thinking and he's trying to be premeditated, I think that's where he gets in trouble. I want to see him shoot the ball more from the three. I'd like to see him uh, take smaller players into the post. I'd even like to see him, if he catches on a wing and he's got some space, make a play, but stay within that realm. I don't want to see him being Tragic Johnson out there trying to <laughs> set everybody else up man and, and throwing the ball in the fifth row I don't want to see that um, I'd like to see him get the ball off the defensive glass and maybe initiate a break or two but I don't want to see him try to do too much I want to see him his, see his game a little bit more refined and a little bit more intentional on the offensive end for Terrence Shannon uh, it's kind of similar in that he was asked to do so much last year Jeremy be, be the best defender get downhill he was one of the best in the Big Ten at getting to the free throw line. He shot the lights out from three early on and then kind of dropped off as the season went on. So he was asked to do too much, in my opinion. Hopefully this year he's not asked to do as much because they've got more talent, yeah. uh, especially on the wing position. So hopefully he can be that that dependable scorer, that guy that can get downhill, that can get to the free throw line and be a defender, but not asked to play make as much. Just be that prototype two, three guy that can get downhill, put pressure on the defense, and look for his three-point shot. The, the one thing I'm, I'm interested to see is Terrence in his second year is kind of an alpha dog. Um, mm. Last year was kind of his first one. And you saw these moments, Stephen. He would take over games. Sometimes it didn't happen until late. Um, I know there's a fine line between being over-aggressive and being assertive, uh, but like – I, if he can make his impact early in games, I think it's so important because there's few people that can stop that man. Like he is just um, one of the most talented guards in the country. Oh, I, I don't think there's any question about it. And, you know, people, Jeremy, you and I get a chance to be, we're around the team. So you see how big Terrence Shannon Jr. is. He's a big dude. Like he, he can literally get on the gridiron okay. and have some success in the football side. So when he starts to utilize that size and that strength and that speed, uh, he's a difficult matchup. There's not many one-on-one -on -one in the Big Ten or in the country that can slow him down. Brad Underwood was very intentional about adding maturity, adding veterans to this roster. I was really impressed with Marcus Domas the first time we got to see him in the exhibition. You mentioned Gary A., Justin Harmon. What do they bring to the team um, that, that can help this team? I think the intangible that older players bring, Jeremy, is understanding how to go to work every day. Hmm. Um, you know, they can be professional about coming into practice and leaving it on the leaving it all on the floor. And what that does is every day these younger guys start to understand 
oh, okay, this is how we have to bring it every day. I'm tired. I know these guys are tired, but they're still going hard. And so it sets a it sets an expectation level that can smooth out the rough parts in a season when you have that type of consistency and you have that type of veteran leadership. Um, you know, and so when I saw practice, I was really impressed because all these guys are pretty communicative. Mm -hmm. They're extremely competitive and the young guys are falling in suit. I saw Monty Hansberry uh, have to really battle because he's going up against Quincy Garrier and Dane Danger. And these guys are, you know, they're battling. And so I think that's what these older players, these transfers have brought in is a lunch pail, go to work every day. I know Brad says everyday guys. Mm -hmm. These are everyday guys. They fit that mode, and I think that's that's the biggest contribution that they'll bring. Some of the other returners, Dane Danger, really good first season. Obviously had some ups and downs throughout it. Uh, Luke Goody, finally healthy, looks like, and boy, do they need shooting. Sincere Harris made his impact. Like, what, What's the next step for, for some of those guys? Well, I, I love what Dane Danger has done with his body, and I, I want to point to Brad Underwood on that. Jeremy, I've had the pleasure of getting to know him a little bit. Uh, Brad Underwood will change his diet. He'll do different things. He'll, he'll sacrifice eating the way that they eat a lot of times. He'll push away from certain things. And so when you've got a coach that makes dietary changes or, or lifestyle changes and it reflects in his life, it's easier for players like Dane to make those kind of sacrifice because the head coach is doing the same thing. So I, I, I liken what Brad is doing it has a trickle-down effect on his team. So you see Dane Danger now. He looks light on his feet. He's running the floor. Uh, we know what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands. I thought he'd made much better decisions with the basketball in his hands in terms of making passes out of the post or the mid-post. So I think Dane can be a top three post score in the Big Ten behind Edie and – I think he's even better than Cliff Amori Amori on the on the block. Skill wise, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Dane could be a top two or top three guy in the post scoring. That's what I expect of him. Uh you mentioned Luke Goody. I love to see Luke. He's running full speed and he's he's crashing through screens. He's laying out on the on the floor for loose balls. So there's no injury in the back of his mind. He's playing with his hair on fire and it's great to see because he's got he's got those intangibles he can shoot it but he's a much better defender than he's given credit for and he makes plays in the half court so I want to see him be more consistent stay stay healthy and be more consistent and then for sincere Harris um he doesn't need to change anything he just <laughs> needs right. to continue to be the junkyard dog that he is because he's, he's unique in today's college game you don't see players play as hard as he does all the time and sincere he 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 brings fear to opponents they don't they don't like going up against him so just keep doing what he's doing I, I i like what he brings yeah with sincere i think it's just a matter of hey there might be a night they only need you for five minutes there might be a night they need you for 25 based That's on right. like I, I just think as long as he can handle that uh man i love having him on the team yep i his his competitiveness if if you're on the floor with sincere and you're not playing as hard as he is it stands out like a sore thumb. So he, yeah. he puts guys on notice. All right. You said that Izzo thinks this is one of the most talented teams in the Big Ten. Um, obviously, the NCAA tournament has not gone the way this team has wanted the last three years, Stephen. So what is the key for Brad Underwood and his staff to get the most out of this roster? That's a great question, Jeremy. And I'm, I'm going to 
probably say something that's a little controversial, but people have been thinking about it. Brad's got to adjust a little bit. Um, I think in the tournament, I've seen him get a little bit. It seems like he's trying to just do this. But in, a, in an NCAA tournament, you've got to be able to make adjustments because of different styles and different teams. You get guys in foul trouble. You might have an unforeseen injury. And so you've got to adjust. I'd like to see Brad and his staff make make slight adjustments. They don't have to go crazy. But I want to see some different adjustments made come tournament time. And that's something that I really I, I, I think that they've struggled with in the past. I don't think that's critical. I think that's, you know, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. And I think that I, I would like to see them take the, the lessons that they've learned and try to improve on what they need to do in, in terms of being maybe too uh, dedicated to one way of play. Maybe maybe make some adjustments come tournament time. I think that's the biggest thing. So what are your expectations for this team this season? I've, I've got Michigan State winning the regular season. I've got Purdue going the furthest of, of the teams, but I would not be surprised to see this Illini team in the second weekend. I'd be disappointed if they didn't make it in Sweet 16 with the type of depth and talent that they have on this squad. I, th- I, I would. Those are my expectations for this Illini team. Though you kind of mentioned that is that your top three in the Big Ten? Who else do you have in that top tier, if anybody else? Uh, Wisconsin. Um, I like Maryland and I like Ohio State. Um, yeah. Rutgers is going to be the X factor. Rutgers is going to be a lot better than people think. So they might hover in there. Uh, I've, I've heard that Ryan Langborg uh, suffered an injury, so he's he might be out for a little bit. He was going to be key to what Northwestern was doing. So I, I, I'm kind of reluctant to throw Northwestern in that group. But those teams, um, Wisconsin, Illinois, Maryland, Ohio State, will be right below uh, Purdue and Michigan State, in my opinion. I, I wish I differed from you, but I'm high on Ohio State despite last year. I know they finished it well. But uh, and Rutgers and Steve Peichel, man, you talk about identity. Um, I, I love yeah. what he's brought to it. It's kind of like Utah football or yeah. Iowa football to me. It's just that toughness and tenacity, uh, and, and they got veteran players. I think Derek Simpson takes a step forward. So uh, is there anybody else you, you like a little bit more than others? Um, oh, my X team, my X factor team in the Big Ten this year is Nebraska. Oh, there it is. I love them too. <laughs> Dude, that's Jeremy, because so you you know what you're looking at. They're they're loaded, man. They, they got, got shooters. scoring. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. Aaron Euless is probably not going to be able to play based on that gambling situation back at Iowa. And if they had Aaron Euless, Nebraska would be uh, – they'd be a top seven team in the Big mm. Ten, in my opinion, if Aaron Euless was going to – I don't think he's going to. But they're going to be – they're going to they're going they're gonna to be a problem for a lot of teams. I, I liked uh, Bryce Williams, I believe, is one of their transfers. Yep. Uh, but, Stephen, I, I know everybody on the podcast knows it. There's not probably a bigger fan of – Casey Tominaga outside of Lincoln, Nebraska than me. I, I just love watching that guy. It's pure joy from him, but he's just a heck of a basketball player too. Oh, well, Jeremy, the thing is people don't realize yeah. Casey Tominaga was second in the Big Ten in two-point percentage last year. Second. I mean, and, you know, down the stretch, he, he was a third-leaning scorer behind Zach Eady and Trace Jackson Davis last year. This guy can play, man. He's an elite cutter. He can shoot the three. He can get it off the bounce. Um, he and his teammates in Nebraska, they're sitting back in the weeds, kind of smiling right now, waiting for the season to start because I, I think they're they're a scary team. On the flip side of is there a team in the Big Ten you got more questions about than other people? Michigan. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, um, you know, Jawan Howard's situation, I think his his heart condition was a little bit more serious than people thought. Mm. Um, they're they're very fortunate to have Phil Martelli, their associate head coach, um, you know, one of the better coaches in the country, in my opinion. But uh, when they lost Caleb Love, that was I thought that with, when he was in in the, you know, in the fold with Michigan, I thought, OK, Michigan's going to reload pretty nicely. But when he was not able to be there, um, they're just there's a lot of question marks on that perimeter. Now up front with Terrace Reed Jr., yeah. he's he he's a dog. He's a, he's a good one. Uh, Trey Jackson, the the forward from Seton Hall that transferred in, he's a smooth operating six ten wing kind of four three guy. So up front they're going to be okay. But I have a lot of questions about their backcourt. Yeah, Michigan and Indiana are the two teams for me where it's like there's a lot of talent in those programs, but I just, it's so front court heavy. There's a lot of power forwards. Uh, among those teams, I agree, and I, I went to see Indiana practice, and boy, they uh, that Kalel Kalel Ware, uh, lip licking talent. Um, we'll see if he plays hard every day, right. but he's got a lot of talent. But like you said, there, uh, Indiana Gabe Cups is going to have to play a lot of minutes because they don't want to wear Xavier Johnson down, so they're a little thin in the guard rotation. But uh, both, yeah, Indiana, if, if they can pull it together, though, they they got enough talent to compete. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, is there anything else you want to add on the Big Ten, Stephen? I think we covered it all here, man. I think the Big Ten is going to be better this year uh, than it was last year. And I know that sounds crazy, but you've got two to three legitimate Sweet 16 Final Four. You've got two legitimate Final Four teams in Michigan State and Purdue. And I think that the league will be better as a result. What do you think of uh, – as a guy who's been in the league for a long time, what do you think about the next year's league with four teams from the West Coast coming in? That's going to be wild. Um, <laughs> Maybe get some West Coast trips in there, Stephen. Oh, that's why I'm smiling, Jeremy. <laughs> right. You know me well enough to know. Hey, My wife was asking me this morning, wait, they go to Oregon? She's waiting for the UCLA trip. That's what she's waiting for. That's right. That's <laughs> right. The UCLA-USC swing because, you know, that. I think that's how they're going to do it. They're going to pod you up. Yeah. Uh, but you know, get, send me to send me to LA or Eugene or uh, you know Seattle during February. I'm <laughs> sign me up. I'm all for it. Well, Stephen Bartle is a blast, man. I'm looking forward to doing this regularly as the season goes along, man. Uh, tell people where they can check you out. Uh, check out Bartle's breakdown on Facebook, or you can go to Bartle Media on YouTube, and uh, we got a lot of stuff going there and doing some fun things, and got a couple surprises coming up. Stephen, you're the goods, man. Look forward to talking in a couple weeks. All right, Jeremy. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you. This episode of the Alana Inquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey, he's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business if you go five for five you can 20x your money so sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 there are a lot of fantasy companies out there but we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry you must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. 
Great stuff from Stephen Bardo. He is the goods. You can check him out on Twitter slash X. I'm still calling it Twitter for now. Um, but at Stephen Bardo. You can follow him Facebook.com slash Bardo's Breakdown. And you can check him out, Bardo Media, on YouTube. Uh, he's always tweeting stuff out, so you can go check it out there. But uh, great to have him on. He's going to join us every couple weeks here during the season. So add that to Michael Tulip, Derek Piper, Isaac Trotter. The list of uh, great insight we get uh, from all these different sources. So hopefully you guys uh, will enjoy this. I know I will. Talking Hoops with Stephen Bardo every couple weeks during what I think is going to be a fun Big Ten basketball season. It's going to be a gauntlet. Listen, I, Stephen, I can't disagree with him picking Michigan State like I love Michigan State's guards. I would have Michigan State as the team most likely to advance. I can't argue with Purdue, though, because I just think Purdue in a regular season with Zach Eady. It's like a cheat code. It's like a regular season cheat code, just kind of like Kofi Coburn was. I feel like having ED on your team gets you to 12 wins right away, right? And then guards have a couple big games, and I believe in their guards as sophomores. Like, I just think they're going to be better. Um, so I just think that team's going to win 15 Big Ten games. Um, and then Michigan State, I believe in them. Like, I love their backcourt. I love their depth in the front court. But as as good as they were last year, what were they, 11-9 and nine in Big Ten play? Um, and they lose Hauser, who was a huge part of what they did. So I still still got some questions. Michigan State 11 and 8 because uh, they didn't play a full 20-game schedule there last year. But uh, I think they're going to be really good. And uh, when they got that kind of guard play, A.J. Hogard, I think he's almost underrated in this league. Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins. You add, of course, Jeremy Ferris to that. Like, that is – that's as deep of a backcourt as it gets in the country, and, and I think the best backcourt in the Big Ten. And then you have Malik Hall, pretty good player. Uh, some of the freshmen they got, Matty Sissoko can battle. Jackson Kohler, does he take a step forward? Cohen, uh, their freshman, they think is going to be really, really good. It's one of the best freshman classes in, in, the, in the country. So I just think they're really good. After that, that's when you start to get really in a big battle here. But I, I can see Michigan State battling Maryland for, for second or third. Like, I can see Illinois being in that battle. Um, Indiana, I just I think I'd be able to score. Really talented front court. Really talented front court. There's, there's a lot on Trey Galloway and Xavier Johnson. Two veterans, but uh, they, they got to score a lot, and they got to set it up. They lost Trace Jackson Davis, one of the best players in Indiana basketball history. I think Wisconsin can be good. Like, I agree with Steven. You might be bored by that, but it might just be a returners. But their returners are pretty good. Uh, I know it wasn't a great team last year, but I just think they're a tough out every night, and I expect them to win more than they lose. And, and I'm never going to count out Iowa and Rutgers, even if they lost talent, because those coaches are really, really good. Northwestern, I think, will regress a little bit. But, again, tough out. Michigan, I have major questions about. Penn State, rebuilding year. But I love Ace Baldwin. Minnesota's bad. But I think Ohio State's going to have a really good season. Bruce Thornton, Felix Opara, those guys in their second year, they got a lot of young talent and freshmen. Rudy Gale back. Um, they're going to be good. Nebraska, I think, has gotten a lot better. And Listen, Steven talked about it. So this league's going to be fun, man, because every, every game is difficult unless you're playing Minnesota. Like, every game is difficult. And I think that hurts the league once you get into the NCAA tournament. Most importantly, I think guard play. They need more talent. They guard play is important in the league and uh, just overall athleticism. And I think the, there's a style of play in the Big Ten where a lot of these Big Ten teams, 
kind of front court heavy, kind of front court heavy. And it's kind of a lumbering style still for a lot of these teams. But I could see Purdue going far in the tournament. I can't. Do they have the Virginia story all over again? No. But I could see them going far in the tournament. Michigan State and Izzo have the track record of doing it. Uh, but I do think there's some teams that are capable here, especially Illinois, Maryland, Wisconsin maybe, but Ohio State. Like Those are teams I think all have a realistic, like not expectation, but goal of getting the second weekend of the tournament. It's going to be a bloodbath. And uh, we get to watch it, which can be really entertaining. We'll just see if it's more entertaining for these teams late into March and early into April. Thanks to Stephen Bardo. We're going to catch up with Derek Piper after the exhibition against Kansas. Uh, we'll talk with Michael Tulip next week. So plenty of hoops content coming to Illini Inquirer podcast and plenty coming to IlliniInquirer.com. As always, check us out on the VIP side of things. We've been doing a lot of football stuff here on the bye week. Uh, and, of course, we've got uh, a lot of basketball getting you ready uh, for both men's and women's exhibitions both those teams ranked in the top 25 going into the season so yeah football's got to get back on track we'll talk about that can they get to a bowl game still potentially possible but the expectations have risen there and for men's and women's basketball expectations certainly have risen uh, with these coaches that are in place now so I think we do need to give Josh Whitman a little bit credit for that of course Illinois basketball men's basketball there are higher expectations now and uh this season, I don't know if we'll know if they meet that expectation of what fans want until April or late March at the at the earliest. But I do think they're going to be very competitive towards the top of the Big Ten yet again this season. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.